Welcome to FitChix Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educate and empower women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by FitChix Academy, where we help heart-centered women who love health and fitness get certified as fitness and nutrition coaches and build amazing businesses. If you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for any of our upcoming certifications that you can read more about at FitChixAcademy.com. Now let's dive into this week's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. Hello everyone and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn and on today's podcast, I am so grateful to have Joy A. Adams joining me. Hi Joy, how are you? Hi Amanda, I am doing well. Thank you for inviting me to your platform. Oh, I'm so excited. So just so you all know, Joy A. Adams is the CEO of Covenant Wealth, and she is also the director of South Simcoe Community Startups, which is essentially a not-for-profit organization that helps entrepreneurs to be able to understand, like answer questions and help them actually get like resources for starting up their businesses, which I think is so incredible. Yes, it's so important. So well, important. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, like a lot of times entrepreneurs would start and have great ideas, but a lot of times because um, they're not connected to the right resources, they end up struggling in their businesses. So mm -hmm. South Simple Community Startup is really one of those organizations that's it's, um, it's for entrepreneurs who support other entrepreneurs. So mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for that, on, you know, for that initiative and, um, and just really being able to help um, entrepreneurs because I know how difficult that journey is. So anything I can do to help other entrepreneurs, by all means, I'm totally on board. I love it. And now, so today we are talking about money mindset and money in general and investing and all of the ideas around that, because I think that this is a topic that is kind of like not ignored, but like pushed away because people get uncomfortable about talking about it. People get uncomfortable about talking about money because they know that they have some sort of blocks. Usually I believe this, that they have some sort of blocks that are in their way, but they don't want to necessarily face it or they don't know how to face it. Do you agree with that? I totally, totally agree. I totally agree. For a lot of us, you know, especially when there's that sense of shame around money, people tend not to want to talk about it. And, mm -hmm. when, and also when if they are, were raised in a house where they've never really experienced that dialogue of their parents, you know, sitting around the table and talking about money, then for them, it, it, it's not something that is easily expressed. It's not mm -hmm. something that they're able to re relate to or very easily talk about. Yeah. So, Yes, I, I totally, totally get it. Yes. And I see it so often with clients who come in and even sometimes talking to me as the advisor, they have a hard time talking to me. Of course. Yeah. And I think it's funny because even like writing blog posts, doing podcasts about money, doing anything that whenever we bring the word money into it, it literally like people, I can see it even in like our numbers of like people just kind of like shy away from it a little bit. And it's something that is so important. So I'm really excited to have you on because I just, like I said, I think that this conversation is a conversation that needs to happen, especially for the entrepreneurs, especially for the business owners that we speak to on a regular basis on our podcast. So I'm grateful to have you here. 
It's great to be here. Anything that I can do to help fellow entrepreneurs, you know, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> no, so when we talk about like the idea of fixing your money mindset though, and like putting that into a statement, like, you know, like, cause you hear people say this a lot, like you need to fix your money mindset. You need to fix your money mindset around this. What does that exactly mean in your opinion? Okay. All right, let's just do a little bit of backtracking here. Please. <laughs> so the money mindset, like literally, one's money mindset is, is literally like their temperament. Mm-hmm. It's like their temperament. You know, a person can have, you know, a, a very calm temperament or they can be impatient or they're, you know, they can also be very easy to get along with. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing with the money mindset, This is people's natural tendencies as it relates to their financial habits. Right. So over the years, you know, when dealing with different individuals and family, we have identified seven, seven key money. Seven money. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize there was that many. (laughs) I thought there was like two. (laughs) No, seven. Oh my gosh. And earlier, the dreamer. We have the dreamer money. (laughs) And they, these are mainly individuals who are entrepreneurs. You know, they have big dreams of creating fantastic companies. Mm-hmm. That is one of the pros of being a dreamer. Mm-hmm. But the con to that is that they tend to overspend. Mm-hmm. Overspend trying to chase their dreams. Right. It's very easy for um, a dreamer, for example, to just starting their business. And I will talk mainly in, in terms of your audience because I'm sure many of them are probably entrepreneurs. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So, and I've seen it so often where um, an entrepreneur, a dreamer would come to us six months in starting their business. And the problem would be is that they would have gone and leased, you know, office space right (laughs) sign themselves into a three-year contract for example because they know being a dreamer as they are that they're going to be successful later on so they will need this office space to accommodate that growth in three years time interesting so, so what that ends up doing, though, it chokes your cash flow. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when you're starting out, you don't have a, a, a regular or you've not built that client base to have consistent revenues. Right. So once again, in terms of fixing your mindset, it's really understanding what your money mindset, understanding what the pros are and the cons of that money mindset. It's the same thing with the masquerader. Okay, so I will go over the seven. I was going to say, do you mind just sharing the seven? And really quickly, even just even just kind of the names and the quick pro and cron for each, because I think that they're really cool, and I know that there were seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the masquerader. Oh, I love the masquerader. These <laughs> individuals who are usually professionals, and they give this this this. Um, you know, if you're an outsider looking in on a, a masquerader's life, they look successful. Mm-hmm. They have all of the, um, you know, the gears and the attributes of what success looks like. They drive the fancy cars, live in the big homes, take right. vacations maybe several times a, a year. But a lot of times, if you go behind the scenes, 
what you'll find is that they live very chaotic financial lives. That's mm. the map of air. So once again, it's just, you know, understanding and finding exactly where you are on the spectrum. And then we have the justifier. Oh, my goodness. The justifier. <laughs> they can justify why they need to buy three cars when they only have like a two, um, two garage um, home, for example. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Pollyanna, oh, my goodness. Pollyanna just doesn't want to deal with any type of financial issue. Pollyanna might um, have been brought up in a home where she never, you know, hears her parents talking about money at all. All she knows that at the end of the day, everything is fixed. Ah, okay. She doesn't worry about money at all. And Pollyanna grows up with the same attitude that anyone that comes into her life, it's their responsibility to take care of all the financial, um, you know, transactions and the expenses and all the financial affairs. Because right. Pollyanna doesn't want anything to do with finances. Interesting. This was too hard. <laughs> and then we have um, the bunker. The bunker. Okay. Safety is everything. Okay. They not put their money into the um, the stock market because it's too risky. Mm -hmm. Bunker likes to just, you know, keep their money in a safe GIC or in a savings account because it's safer. Right. <laughs> so That's definitely not me. <laughs> and the brick wall. Oh, my goodness. The brick wall. Brick wall are individuals who are type A. They would research, research. When they come to you for help, the brick wall already has all the answers. Mm. Right? They usually just come to you because they want to validate that they're right. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the seven money mindsets that we deal with. So when a person comes on board, when an individual comes on to our organization, that's one of the very first things we do. Because what we do is to help our clients to harness their cash flow. Mm -hmm. so that they're able to manage it better. They're able, when they're able to manage and harness their cash flow, they will have money to invest both long-term and short-term. It will allow them the opportunity to live their dreams because everyone right. I talk to, they have dreams, but a lot of times those dreams are limited by their cash flow because mm -hmm. money, I mean, it's finite. And with money, there are so many demands on, you know, that finite amount of money that you have, that you really have to be focused in terms of what it is you're trying to achieve and have clarity in terms of what is my higher purpose? What is, what is it that I want for myself or for my family? And then you put your energy and your money towards those goals. I love that. You know, it's interesting. As you were talking about those money mindsets and how there's the seven of them, I could almost relate them as well to people when they approach you for help, like even with health and wellness. Like a lot of the people that listen to our podcast are like health and wellness professionals. And you can almost see like a lot of similarities, like the brick wall, for example, of the people that come that are like, oh, I've tried everything and nothing's going to work. And I know all the answers. And I know like when you tell them like, maybe we should do this. And like, no, I've tried that. Like it's very, they're very, it's a very similar sort of attributes in a lot of ways yeah. to, to sort of how you would treat them. Now I do have a question. Like, with that being said, a lot of times when people come to us, health professionals and coaches for help, they oftentimes are not necessarily like 
sometimes they're not ready. They're not ready to take that step. They're not ready to like move forward. Would you say like, what is the thing that kind of blocks people from actually taking the step to fixing their money mindset? Like what's the, what's the major block that you see often with the clients and how does someone get past that? Okay. To me, um, in terms of individuals that I've dealt with, a lot of times in terms of these money blockages is a lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. A lack of awareness, I, I, I believe, is, is one of the major, major stumbling blocks because me being a dreamer, I would not know if I had not known what a dreamer does and all the attributes of being a dreamer, I probably would have still continued to spend recklessly, go and buy things that I didn't really need at this moment. Mm-hmm. So in terms of this blockage, I find that the, um, the, the, the main thing is lack of awareness. When a right. person is unaware that this is you know, this is a reason why you're doing things. And I find, and I've always said, you know, with money, money is not just about math. Because if it is, if it is, we would not be in a situation where we are living, you know, way above our means. I mean, if you look at Canadians, for example, for every dollar sixty-five that Canadian earn, they, you know, they for every dollar sixty-five that they spend, they actually earn just a dollar right and they're spending a dollar five exactly wow i had no idea that's crazy so it's not just about math so in terms of what is the biggest um, um stumbling block in terms of why people might not necessarily um get a breakthrough in the area of their finances lack of awareness and the understanding that money is not just about math. There's a lot of emotional connections mm-hmm. and undertone with yes. people's spending habits. It, it's not about math. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, if you really dig deep in terms of why people do what they do with their money, you'll find that there's a lot of emotional undertone. Would you say a lot of it comes from like past experience? Like you were saying, like, you know, with, um, is it the Pollyanna? Yes. The Pollyanna. Yeah. The Pollyanna who, you know, like wants everything fixed, doesn't want to deal with it, has never really talked about money in the family. Like, would you say that that has a lot to do with like just your upbringing as you were younger has a lot to do with how you react? Cause I know for me, the way that I am with my money is very, similar to how I grew up because I grew up with, you know, I grew up in a, in an upbringing state where we were, my family was like pretty well off and there wasn't like a lot of worry about money. My dad was an entrepreneur. So he would, he was an entrepreneur as well. So he was a dreamer. He would spend a lot and like invest in a lot of different things. So in my mind, that was always sort of like how we approached it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And I'll give you another example. Um, in terms of upbringing, the masquerader, for example, a lot of times if you dig deep in terms of the psychological and the emotional um, background of that individual, a lot of times they're from homes where there's you know, scarcity and mm-hmm. deprivation, where they might not necessarily have the money to do the things that they want to do. So yes, definitely. It it um, one's you know one's upbringing and one's environment plays a major major role in terms of their relationship with their money. Mm-hmm. A masquerader, for example, uh, because of their backgrounds, because of the way they were brought up, 
a lot of times what they would do just to avoid or disconnect themselves from where they you know they're you know they're coming from mm-hmm. they basically would um, use their money to spend recklessly to give this illusion that they're doing well because anything at all that reminds them that they're from a home where there was always lack and there was always deprivation and this is something that they just don't want to deal with they just don't want to associate themselves with that type of lifestyle so they tend to overdo it you know they get the most expensive cars they get the most they take the most expensive vacation live in the most expensive home at the detriment of their financial future so definitely one's upbringing has uh, a major impact on how they you know they spend their money you know their their financial habits so absolutely yes now, in, in the programs that you offer with Covenant Wealth, I know that, you know, we were talking offline before and you were telling me a little bit about the process now. Like, what is the thing that you do once you so you have someone come to you and say it's an entrepreneur and they're about to start their business and you do this sort of overview to figure out where they fall, like what kind of, what is their money mindset and what is their beliefs around money, I guess. Yes. What is sort of that next steps in order to get them into more of a positive state like what does that shift look like and how do how does somebody listening right now start to even create a little bit more of a positive change towards it if they already are sort of like listening to this and they're like oh wait (laughs) that's me (laughs) how can i how can i even try to like take a step forward what what does that look like okay so Primarily with going through this money mindset exercise, it flows naturally into cash flow management. And this is putting our clients in the driver's seat where they have control over their financial situation. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people experience financial crisis when they are not able to harness their cash flow. You know, right. when they have leakages in terms of um, um, interest and excessive spending, a lot of times when they come into us, they come in to see us because, you know, they obviously are doing something and realizing that what they're doing is not getting them where they want to go. Right. So, so what we do, we always know, like the, the core of what we do and the core of most people's individual. Um, most people's um, financial problems, it's really about cash flow planning. Because mm-hmm. in order for you to save, you need to have enough money to be able to, to save. Right. In order for you to, um, to invest or to start a business, you basically also need to make sure that you are able to produce or find the money within your current budget or within your current um, income to be able to do the things you want to do with your money. Right. Now, what would be something like if you have a client who is like, okay, I'm ready to invest or I'm in, I'm ready to invest in my personal future or I'm ready to invest in my business or I'm ready to invest in stocks or whatever, like whatever the investment is doesn't necessarily, I don't know if that matters as much as just like, what would be the, st- maybe it does, maybe I'm very off on that. So you can correct me if I am, but if, if they're looking to invest in their future, um, or even in their present moment, what are like three things that you would say that they need to look at, especially from a cash flow management standpoint? Okay, so I'm sure there's probably more than three. <laughs> okay, so, so, so the three major ones, and as I said, money is finite, and there's a lot of demands on your money. So, focus and clarity. 
Mm-hmm. That's number one. Like the math part of it in terms of, okay, I need to invest in a balanced portfolio or an aggressive, that's just the math of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the lease of it because we have, you know, software that can create different uh, portfolios for clients. But I find once you get the money mindset part of it and you're able to help and work, um, work the clients through their current financial situation and their income situation, mm-hmm. where we're able to free up extra money for them in terms of cash flow management, stopping the um, interest leakages, stopping the um, the excessive um, expenses, then we are able to create a plan for them. We're able mm-hmm. to create a portfolio for them. So in terms of what are the three tips? Number one, focus. Make sure that there's clarity in terms of what it is you're trying to achieve. And mm-hmm. I find even with a really, um, you know, the, um, the, the, the con part of a person's money mindset, once there's clarity and they are focused on what it is that they're trying to achieve and they're willing to put their time, energy, and money behind their higher purpose, mm-hmm. I find that they stay on track they do the things that they need to do and it, it evolves over time where it's minor behavioral adjustment over time mm-hmm. but we see an improvement a year later or two years later and it's not like it's imposed or something that is imposed upon them because it, it's so subtle you know because they're focusing what it is that they're trying to achieve right. there's clarity in terms of what it is that they're trying to um, trying to achieve. And once they're able to do that and make the minor adjustment over time, I find that is where you know we see the greatest impact. So that's one, clarity and focus. And we'll talk again about cash flow management. We need a cash flow plan. We everyone needs to, I don't believe in budgets, but what I do believe in is cash flow management. And all of us need a cash flow plan. And what's the difference between the two? Sorry to interrupt. I'm just, I want to make sure that I understand the difference between a cash flow management and then a budget. Because a lot of people just talk about their personal budgets. Okay. So if you could explain the differences, that'd be amazing. Okay. So, so a, a, a budget, a budget, a person can budget for a vacation. It has a, a start date and an end date. Mm-hmm. You can budget for vacation. You can budget for down payment because it has a, a, a start date and an end date. But to budget as a lifestyle, I don't recommend it mm-hmm. because it goes against our natural tendencies, our natural financial behaviors. Because it's uh, lifestyle-wise, um, it, uh, for a lot of people, you're telling them what to do with their money. And people just don't like to be told what to do with their money. <laughs> people don't I, like I, to be told at all what to do. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to talk about it much as being told when they don't know what the problems are, right? And I would say for my client to, you know, when I call to check on them, for them to not pick up the phone because Joy is pilot, you know, she's doing this helicopter piloting thing, right? Where I'm about their money and I, I, I don't want that no no <laughs> but, but with the cash flow plan though it puts them in the driver's seat like I right. never tell my client oh uh, my clients oh well you know you cannot um, go to Starbucks for example and, mm-hmm. and, and purchase your latte 
anything that adds to a person's life, it has value. If that latte that costs $7, uh, <laughs> and this is something that adds value to their lives, and it's, it, it, it perks them up and get them ready for the day, oh, baby, go ahead. Get as <laughs> latte as you want, right? Right. There are other ways that you can look at your overall income in its totality and be able to find money elsewhere. One of the biggest things that most people um, are unaware of is even with their mortgage and the structure of their mortgage, yes, we do have fixed expenses and we have variable expenses, but even with the fixed expenses, there are ways that you can restructure it for it to basically reduce your overall interest leakages, right? There's a big right. difference between fixed mortgage and variable mortgage, right? right. Literally, you'll be freeing up money. I mean, maybe not in today's um, mortgage environment because mortgage rates are so low, but a lot of times people tie themselves into a fixed mortgage, for example, and it ties up a lot of your cash flow. Mm -hmm. So there are ways. So I don't go picking on the small things that add value to uh, my clients' lives. Um, what I do do, though, is look at their budget, uh, not the budget, look at their income in its totality and try to find ways that we can increase that cash flow. So that's one, two, and the three, being positive. Positive, positive. You gotta be positive <laughs> your relationship with your money. Yes. You know, someone once said that money, money, it is a feminine energy and it flows best to those who precisely know how to spend it, how to save it, how to invest it, and how to donate and enjoy it. Right? It's a feminine energy. I love that. It's a feminine energy. So being positive about if you're going to be stressed out all the time and worried all the time about your finances and about your money, it's all negative energy. Mm -hmm. So we need to change our relationships uh, with our money so that we can have a better result and outcome. And, you know, when we look at our bank accounts, we're going to feel happy about it. You know, when we spend money on things that are important to us, that guilt that most people would get when they, you know, they know that they're not supposed to be, you know, but at the same time they've done it, yeah. that guilt will not be there, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've developed a positive relationship with your money. Money is good. Because you have a cash flow plan. Cash <laughs> plan. And it's different from a budget. A budget, you know, it's very confining. It's um, It feels it's, negative. The word budget even feels negative. It is negative and it leaves you in a state of deprivation, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, you're always, you know, um, check marking. Oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. I can't spend it on this and I can't spend it. No, that's not what I do. I mean, I've been on so many budgets and I've fallen off all of them. So I don't have <laughs> them for clients. I just made a note that budget equals diet because it's like the same word. <laughs> and it's that negative connotation that, you yeah. know, some way, somehow you're giving up something that is important to you. And yeah. I, not so I don't do that to my clients because it's just way way too 
it's too confining. No, I, I don't do that. So yeah. No, but that's what I mean. Like it's the same. They're like the same. Cause it's like when people hear, Oh, I'm going to give you a diet. They're like, Oh, but if you're like, I'm going to give you a meal plan. They're like, okay. So it's kind of like cash flow plan versus budget. Yes. Same it's, sort of thing. It's a big thing. And it makes such a big difference. It's literally like a shift in your mind, you know, in your thinking and anything that's going to cause you distress. Most people don't want to even deal with it. And to me, budget, um, budget and dieting are two very stressful <laughs> things, you know, and yeah. I don't want it. No. So it's tactical management. That is what we need in order to manage our day-to-day expenses, to be able to create enough of a cash flow within our current budget so that we can, you know, save for the long term as well as for the short term and be able to live our dreams right now. You don't have to wait until you're 65 to travel if you want to, but really just having clarity of what it is you're trying to achieve and putting your energy and your money behind it. Mm-hmm. So that will that in itself will reduce any excessive spending because you have a bigger purpose of what it is you're trying to achieve. So going out there and buying a, a new pair of shoes when you don't really need it you know you think twice because this money you're taking away from uh, a trip to um, you know your dream trip for example or yeah. any money you're putting towards your retirement so so it's just a different way of thinking it's a shift in the way you're thinking I love that now are there any rules that maybe we've been told or that you learned early on about money that you look back now or that you know in your opinion that you just feel it is so wrong? Like, you know, like we're told different things like through different investors and you're laughing a little because I'm sure that there's something that you can totally think of. But like, it's like we're told, (laughs) yeah, like we're told so many things and it's just, what is it? What is it that we are told that you believe is just like the opposite of what we should actually be doing you need a budget (laughs) (laughs) perfect i'm totally totally against it i've been in this business for 27 years okay and i would say over the last five years that's when i as a person who understands financial concepts know how to invest know how to save know how to spend it's only over the last five years that i could actually say that i have a grip of my finances mm-hmm. and that was when I started integrating cash flow management into my day-to-day um, expenses and into my day-to-day planning both for the short term and the long term right. so, you know, so that's one of the things um, budgets are one of the things that I think the financial services industry has done a disjustice because most people you talk to the average person they probably would tell you that they've been on so many budgets and they've fallen off all of them including mm-hmm. myself okay because <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's like I said it literally oh my gosh it's so bizarre to me but my brain just goes to like the diet like it's like people go on diets and then they give up their diet because it's too restrictive it's too difficult it's not something they can adapt to for their life they can do it for short term and then that's it and I think that's the same thing with a budget and that what is that that's literally what a budget is it's mm-hmm. for short term it has a, a start date and an end date you can budget mm-hmm. for things but do not do not do not budget as a lifestyle right it will leave you in a state of deprivation it will leave you in a state where um, um, you're in need or you know you're in want of things and you can't do it because your budget doesn't allow you to and it's not sustainable over the long run no 
So that's the only thing. That's one of the main key things. Um, in terms of the investment on all the other things that we do as advisors, those are all okay. But the foundational part of it, which is the cash flow planning, this is one of the things that I think the our industry has done a very poor job. You know, mm -hmm. they advocate all the time, have a budget, have a budget. But the reality is, if it was working, you wouldn't see um, the average Canadian even though they might have very good incomes, they're still struggling in the area of their finances. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's 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 something that's unusual. It seems to be a common, you know, um, thread when you talk to the average Canadian. They're all struggling in the area of their finances because they tried budgeting, they tried many different budget um, budgets, and it's just not sustainable over the long run. For sure. That's the thing. That's the only thing. <laughs> now, I just want to touch on this really quickly. Um, I want your opinion on this. So I know that a lot of time, like a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs or considering to become entrepreneurs and they're coaches, they're health providers, they're looking to start their own business. Is there anything like you touched on this a little bit earlier and I wanted to just bring it back for a second. You know, you were saying like, there's one type of money mindset that will spend like the dreamers. Right. And that's me. Yeah. And when Laura and I first started fit chicks, we actually had an office cause we thought we had to. Okay. Cause we thought if we don't have an office, no one will take us seriously. So we got an office in downtown Toronto in Canada for anyone listening. That's in, in Toronto is like some of the most expensive real estate. We ended up getting it right off of young and Adelaide, which is like one of like the heart of downtown, super like, like ridiculous. And we never went to the office. We got it because we had this like idea. It's almost like we were masquerading and doing both. Cause like, it was like, we thought we had to do it, yeah. but we didn't want it. Yeah. So my suggestion and my sort of interaction with all entrepreneurs is always to say like, you know, do the things that make the most sense for you and don't do things that you think that you need to do. Because I think that so many times we start off and we feel like, like what Laura and I did, we need an office to be taken seriously. And then we never went, we paid for it for a year, we got rid of the lease, and then we've been working from home ever since. And we're so much happier for it because that's actually what we wanted. That was, our vision was to be able to have freedom to be able to work from home and not work in an office space. So it was ridiculous that we got it, but we got it because for all the wrong reasons. Oh, so we invested and we wasted a bunch of money for no reason. Yeah. Now, the same thing with like studio spaces or gym spaces. A lot of people think they have to do that. Laura and I built our business with no bricks and mortar, no overhead. We kept our overhead as low as possible. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you feel like entrepreneurs right now just need to hear from a, whether it be a financial standpoint or a startup standpoint that you have like a wisdom that you would share with them to be able to just say like, you know, you feel this way, but you don't necessarily have to do that. Okay. Um, a lot of the entrepreneurs, especially at the startup stage where they probably have not transitioned 100% to entrepreneurship, a lot of them might be, you know, still have a full-time job, for example. Um, what I find um, a lot of entrepreneurs would do is to quit their full-time secured salary way too soon. Okay. Right? Way too soon because they, you know, they basically believe that this is it. They want to be an entrepreneur and they are just, you know, abdicating from the nine to five. You know, they've had it with the nine to five. Right. What I 
say to the entrepreneurs who are at that stage, make sure that there is, you have like literally a 12 month financial roadmap mm-hmm. to transition. Because I see a lot that would just literally wake up one day, you know, they have it in the back of their minds that they want to, you know, be able to start their own company. But at the same time, there's nothing concrete in terms of planning. Then one day they just give their notice to their employer that they're leaving without a solid plan. So in terms of word of wisdom, if you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking of giving up your full-time job to pursue entrepreneurship, make sure there's a 12-month runway. Financially, make sure that there is enough money. You know, you just, I had one individual who came to me six months into her um, journey. And by that time, she had, um, she had rented um, this, um, commercial space because she thought once again that she needed it <laughs> right months in you know you just don't build it and they come you know that was her idea all she needed to do was just just open her um her and she her, opens the doors <laughs> yeah she would have a flood of new customers but it didn't happen so six months later here she was in a really bad situation where she was behind on her rent she wasn't able to get any deals at all to even cover her um you know her her rent and um it was just really really a bad situation and six months in she came to me and i could not really do anything mm-hmm. so for those um of your um, community who are looking to transition make sure that there is a plan and hopefully with that tw- like give yourself a 12 months runway mm-hmm. in terms of making sure that you have enough um cash flow on hand to cover at least 12 months right i love love that it may seem like um almost impossible to to do but just don't get up and quit Mm -hmm. you know because you need that stable income you yeah. need a stable income. And, and once you, you know that you have some financial backing, it gives you the freedom to really focus on your business and do the things that you need to do to create that revenue stream within your income, within mm-hmm. your new business or your new venture. You know, I, I, I just I love what you just said, because that's exactly when we started our company, Fit Chicks, that's exactly what we did. We had full time jobs. So for anyone listening who doesn't know our backstory, Laura and I both worked. I worked as the uh, Mark, the manager of sponsorship and advertising for the Toronto International Film Festival. Laura was the international marketing manager for Hilton Hotels. We both had great jobs, but we knew that health and fitness was our passion. It was the thing that lit us up. And so we started our business, but we kept our full-time jobs and we did that until we had enough money in the bank that we didn't need. So we kept reinvesting the money back into the business. As we were selling classes, we didn't touch any of that money. We had our paychecks coming from our jobs. Then we left all the money in there till we had enough to cover both of our salaries for an entire year. It was, that was our rule was one year had to be completely covered for both of our full-time salaries. And that day happened. And then we quit our jobs And that way there, we could pour more time and energy into it. And then it grew even more. But, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's thinking like, yeah, but how can you do that? Like, I'm not going to lie. Like it wasn't easy. We were working our nine to five. And then I taught four nights a week. I taught back to back classes. After we taught classes, we would meet up and put out posters and put up flyers. And like, we did all the grunt work all the time. And we were working all the time, but it was like, what was harder, not going after the thing that we wanted or doing the work to get to where we wanted. And so we chose to do the work, show up, 
sometimes I'd be like putting up posters crying, <laughs> like tired for real. <laughs> yeah, I had to have like tears rolling to my face and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But I knew in the big picture of things, I'd be happy that I did it. And then in the end, after one year of us having to, to do all of that work, we were able to quit our jobs. And then from there, we've been able to grow our business to where it is today, which, yeah. so I love that you shared that because I do think it's such an important wisdom. I think that it, it, it is, it like is stop no. right away, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. And, and, and so, so that, but that's one of, one of the things that I keep seeing, you know, and by the time they come to, to, to us for help, it, it's way too late. You know, their credit score has been affected because they're behind on their credit card um, payments and they're behind on their rents and, and so on. So I'm saying, you know, there's an easier way to do it. Transition. You know, yeah. take the time to build your reserves. Take the time to do the connection and the extra work. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. It's going to be way worth it. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Joy, it was such a pleasure having you on here today. Now, how can our listeners, for anyone who's interested right now in learning more about what you do, or maybe who's thinking about, you know what, I need to fix my money mindset right now, or I just, <laughs> I need some advice or I need some insight. I know that you offer online support as well. So how can people get in touch with you? Okay, so we are totally online. Um, because of this pandemic, we are our, our virtual office, we are 24-7. Um, we are also on social media, um, mm -hmm. Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Twitter, under Covenant Wealth. Um, mm -hmm. You can also visit our website at uh, covenantwealth.ca. Call our office at 705-719-7125. So we are virtually, even if you go in and do a Google search, we will show up. All awesome. right, Covenant Well. Covenant perfect. Well. Yeah. That's perfect. So yeah, so for anyone who's interested in learning more, um, we will also have all of the links to Covenant Wealth and to get in touch with Joy uh, directly. They will all be on the blog post. So you can always go to fitchicksacademy.com and just click through on the blog post there so you can reach her as well. So, and I also wanted to add for yes. your Fitchicks community that um, our company, and just this is basically geared towards your community. Our yes. company, if anyone from your community calls us mm -hmm. we're able to offer like a free money mindset questionnaire so that they know exactly what their money mindset is oh and awesome your community also with the cash flow management we will offer you know a discounted rate at 50 percent if they should reach out to us for any wow. with um oh yeah the money mindset questionnaire knowing exactly what their money mindset is as well as the cash flow management plan which is what we need right perfect need to basically take control over our finances that's wonderful. Thank you so much for offering that. That's such a wonderful thing. So yeah, so we'll definitely have all of the links available as well. So anyone listening, you can definitely reach out to Joy, to her team and help you get set up on figuring out your money mindset and then actually getting a cash flow plan in place so that you are not struggling or stressing on a budget. Exactly. Cash flow management is what we need. Awesome. Joy, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Amanda. It was such a pleasure being here. Good. Everyone, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Okay. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career you love, Join us for the upcoming fitness and nutrition expert or our holistic nutrition weight loss expert certification programs. Download the brochures at fitchicksacademy.com.